What's up, everybody? Hello and welcome to episode number 119 of the VK Bros. With the VK Bros, Jason and Alex on channel. Uh, just want to start off with a couple of things. Number one, apologies for the audio issues from last week. Obviously, we are playing with new tech, like we explained. And uh, and we don't want, know what we're doing. No. So normally, they like most shows have like a producer and then the talent. And I just do the producing and the talent very poorly. So, well, no, apologies for that. It just came, for some reason, when we swapped the battery out and we reconnected, everything just connected seamlessly, mm. but for some reason the audio just, I don't know, wigged out, so... Which, if we had, like, the full uh, headphone set up, maybe would have... Yeah, we, oh, we might. We'll, we'll get there. But it's all good. We'll, we'll get there. We're working on it. Secondly, I want to say, uh, this is... We're recording this on Saturday night, and I wanted to just briefly mention, I'm not a city guy. You know I'm not a city guy. Mm. I don't like cities there's too many people all the concrete smells like urine like it's just not my my kind of place but as someone who doesn't come into the city at night time very often it is a bit special when you're driving in and it's pretty well yeah i mean for a start you can't see how dirty the brisbane river is so yeah, the brown snake the brown snake as they call it but you've got like the everything's got the nice lights on it you've got the overpasses with the beautiful blue light underneath it yeah. so the junkies can't find their veins no but they change colors so sometimes oh, the junkies are allowed there all oh, right yeah fair enough sometimes it highlights the veins oh there you yeah. go well yeah maybe it's a, a more accepting region now but no it was, it was cool to actually drive in well, that's nice yeah. there's there's a lot of natural beauty around and like in i don't city. know if anyone <laughs> no, but like well if anyone follows uh, me on instagram um you would have seen i had those kookaburras like literally just land up a, right above mm -hmm. me and start laughing and and um it, it was nice it's just yeah. a nice a nice thing but on bad bird news mm -hmm. this morning i had a bit of a shock but here's something happening out outside i live in an apartment in brisbane mm -hmm. and i just assumed that the next door neighbor was moving out it sounded like boxes packing up right so anyway i got ready for work got dressed go outside and there's a, a crow in the bin magpie oh, no yeah. magpie in our like our staircase yeah right. freaking out oh bird no. shit everywhere oh no. everywhere <laughs> but i instantly got anxious my heart rate went through the roof really because i'm carrying trauma from a child as a child when dad made us deliver his pizza shop menus yeah. as kids on the push bike at the golf course estate <laughs> and it was like a slow incline that, and I was completely gassed. It was the end of the day, and I just got absolutely punished by this magpie to the point where I threw my bike into a creek, <laughs> as well as the menus, and then yeah. rang dad and told dad to come pick me up. And I've never, I, I hate magpies swooping. So, like, my heart rates through the roof, but I'm like, no, it's just a, it's just a bird. Okay, what's yeah. the plan? So, so I've, I've shut the door real quick because I didn't want to come into my place. Mm -hmm. But then I thought. Well, oh, I'll give you a bit of the lay of the land. We're at the top of the landing, so there's two units at the top. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're at the top, and then you go down, down a flight, down a flight, and that's the next floor. And then there's it's the, funny that they're called flights, eh? Hey? Yeah, and that's the door. That's the door to get out. Right. Now, Tasha had opened the door, that bottom door, yeah. three hours prior. She was at the gym three hours prior. She didn't right. tell me that there was a bird stuck in there. I had no idea. I had to find out for myself. But it just can't figure out. It's so dumb, this bird, that it doesn't realise it just needs to go down a flight and it's out. It can see. It can see out. Small part of me goes, well, if I, I if I let it inside this place, I can open the entire corner. Like we've got these massive doors that open yeah. up, and it can see the outside. It can see the trees. You're just asking for trouble, though. Correct. Yeah. So I didn't want to do that. So I thought, 
I'm going to throw breadcrumbs. Like, I'm going to give it a breadcrumb trail. <laughs> but the problem is, you'll know what the problem is. My, yeah, my, par- my partner's half, bread. She's half Japanese. We don't do bread. <laughs> so there's no bread in the house. So you're throwing tofu out. And they, don't, like, they, don't, they, don't, they don't eat uncooked rice, do they? No, they no. don't. So the only thing that was in there was a tortilla wrap. So I get the tortilla wrap, and I'm just like, here, bird, and I'm like throwing these tortillas, trying to gain its trust. Yeah. And it's looking at me going like, man, I'm not eating. Yeah. I'm not, not eating that. I'm not a refugee. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I live here. Dried tortilla wrap, tasteless tortilla wrap. Yeah. So anyway, I walk past this thing, like there's nothing, like I walk, I walk past it, I regain my, you know, like I, I face up to my fears. Mm-hmm. I walk down, realize I'm dealing with obviously, clearly a racist magpie that hey, won't eat tortilla like wrap. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm whistling to, and every time I'm whistling, it like, it flies and hits the roof again. And I'm like, now come downstairs. And I've, and I've, I've put this tortilla bread, like <laughs> all the way outside, this track outside. Yeah. Anyway, I, I ring Tasha and say, hey, do you know there's a bird in the hall? And she's like, oh yeah, I thought I, I thought it would get out by now. That was three hours ago. It still wasn't out. Mm. And then by the time she had come home, which is another hour after that, still in there. And this thing is just freaking out. Like I, I feel so bad for it. It would have just been so stressed out. But then it looked like it, it found its way out and there was tortilla missing. <laughs> so I feel like it, it was like, do you know what? I'm going to try this Mexican thing, see what see what the go is. Yeah. And uh, it's now uh, off into the water. And now it's probably had a drink of water and the tortilla is like all oh, it's clearly in dead. stomach and now it's probably dead. What's really funny actually about this story is that... Oh, cheers. Cheers. Yeah, and, cheers, man. And thank you, to, um, thank you to Paulie. He gifted this to me. Friend of mine. It's this small batch, little Australian company. Uh, for the audio listeners, where because Saturday night we're having a whiskey. O'Grady Stand, handmade nice. Australian King Lake Distillery, single malt. It's only twenty eighteen. Usually only like fourteen year old whiskeys, but that's good, right? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, really it's not good. bad. So. Not bad at all. Um, yeah, to get back to what I was saying, we, I've got magpie stories, but it's the polar opposite of yours. Number one, I'm not scared of them. Number two. We've got a nesting pair that have uh, made a nest in a tree in our next door neighbor's yard. So you've had, for the last couple of months since it's been swooping season, you've had mum and dad and a couple of chicks in there and they're mm. like, feed them every morning. And because I'm at home and I normally take Jake out for a walk every morning, I'm the only person that these magpies don't swoop. <laughs> They sweep Amanda when we Funny. when we have visitors come over and everything yeah. like that. They always sweep them, but because they see me so often, they don't sweep me. And it's actually quite cool when, like, say, I'm at home and I've got Jake chirping at me and I've got to go and get him food and whatever. And then I look out the window and there's these magpie chicks in the nest chirping at mum and dad. Mum and dad are hunting yeah. around in the grass trying to find grubs and stuff to bring up. To it. So it's like we're just, you know... We look at each other and like, I get it. I understand the struggle that you're going through. Well, it was, this is funny too, because I rang mum to tell her about my ordeal. <laughs> and she said, well, it's funny you say that because your son was with mum today. Yeah. And a king parrot flew into the house. Yeah. yeah. Now they didn't have any bread to feed it either. So dad went and found the only thing that he had access to, stolen. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what a stolen is, it's like a sweet, it's like a Christmas cake, cake. Yeah, yeah. Christmas cake, and the bird wanted none of it. And then I was joking to mum, saying like, "Look how far apart nature and humanity has become. Oh, like, yeah. We shared nothing anymore." Like, but also, this is this is like a um, 
like a geography lesson because you've got the Asian influence with the food in your house, yeah. you've got the Swiss influence with the food at dad's place. Yeah. yeah tortilla, tortilla wrap and stolen. Yeah. And funnily enough, the person out of all of us who eats the most meat, which is what birds eat, is the one who doesn't get swooped by them. So maybe it's because we, you know, we understand each other. Now, I saved, I saved a girl from being swooped in this, this current swooping season. Uh, she was getting nailed, this poor thing. And, like, not even from trees, it was going on a fence that was, like, her head height and right. just nailing her d- directly. Mm-hmm. No one's helping. I've, I've crossed, like, I'm on the wrong side of the road. I've crossed the road, launched my... I was in a full drive, up onto the curb, <laughs> and I'm like, like, do you want to lift? And she's like, yes, please. She gets in the car, and she goes, that's happened for the last 45 minutes. What was she doing? Just just walking. There was nothing she could do. She had, she so, had like, a bag so up, like, on the side of the head, and it was just pounding her. Because what do you do? For 45 minutes. At, like, she wasn't standing there. She had been walking for 45 minutes, and this thing had been swooping her the entire time. And I believe this, too. I believe this, too, because when I was in Sydney, when I lost my license, and I was (laughs) was stuck on a push bike, Mm -hmm. I went for this beautiful ride, and a magpie chased me for five kilometres. See, I, I don't know if they smell the fear or something. Normally, when it's swooping season, they only swoop when you're near their nest. Because they're territorial, they're trying to protect themselves. Yeah, but then they get they see red and it, they're like, "I'm going to get this." No, guy. when they see easy targets, they're like, "Now nah, I got nothing else to do today. <laughs> Swoop this motherfucker." <laughs> so bad. Swoop this. Loser. Okay, so none of the bird talk, right? That's done. Yeah. There, there are some big stories. The main one is, I'm concerned. Don't pull it up yet. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I'm concerned about inflation. Mm-hmm. Now. Everyone's talking about inflation. Mm-hmm. But what I'm concerned about is everyone whinging about it and no one doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I don't know anyone in my network who's decided that they're going to save some money. Still right. getting text messages to people, oh, can you find me a motorbike? Oh, can you find me a cool car? Oh, I'm going to pull a pool in my house. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do an extension. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff that you're not supposed to hear in a market that you're trying to deflate. Yeah. Okay? And... This started today because a guy had sent me, he's like, oh, there's this Maserati you should buy. And I said, I'm not buying any toys until, like, I, we've had a talk here at Auto Bros. Mm-hmm. And we are stocking for the downturn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're going to really focus on sub-15,000, sub-15, yeah. sub-20,000 cars. Things that people are going to try and downgrade into. Yep. None of that, none of the heavy, heavy stuff, right? The heavy stuff has already slowed. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, don't tell me that. I think, like, I think the interest rates... Are like is, they're doing their job and i said no like the fact that you sent me this proves it yeah that's right right um and you still go to the shops cafes you can't get into some cafes uh uh the all the flights are booked there's no accommodation available mm. so they're spending too much money so i thought okay it, it, you know what i'm like i use anecdotal evidence and then i try to tie it to uh, actual evidence yeah so pull up, pull up the slide here. I was on the uh, Australian Reserve Bank or Reserve Bank of Australia website, and uh, this is the inflation uh, figure here. Now, this goes back to what looks like 1990. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, in 92 there was a, a financial crisis that centred around mostly the UK. Uh, and you can see what's happened with with um, inflation. Now, 2008, you can see the big spike there. This is f- f- for uh, audio listeners. 
the the number goes from zero to six percent on the grid in terms of inflation numbers. Mm -hmm. So in nineteen ninety one ninety two, it was four percent inflation. Now we try to keep to two. The yeah. idea is if we can stay at two percent, that's the ideal inflation marker. Okay, mm -hmm. and you can see on an average between. 2000 and oh, sorry 1990 and say 2017 you could almost well, the average is probably over that but not much, yeah it not always much. it seems what's interesting is it seems to come back down to about two percent as like a a baseline yeah, support line yeah. and then it jumps up from there and they obviously then take measures and it gets back down but it doesn't seem to stay there for very long well tell me what the uh what's the final figure on there in 2022 uh seven percent roughly and rising yeah and yeah. like rising fast. Steep. Yeah. Okay. Now, all right, so that's one thing. So we, we all know that. What's now, even more interesting is we, what's that back in 2019, 20, yeah. That'll, 20, that'll be the start of, that'll be COVID. Yeah. It stopped. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So there, there is a, we, it literally went into negative inflation. Yeah. Which is deflation. Yeah. And it would have been deflation when nothing, so uh, it, the velocity of money, don't forget. So. Yeah. In 2020, when everyone's locked down, nothing moves. Yeah, yeah right? of course. So the next... Okay, so I, I would also argue that that figure is based off some pretty loose... If We can all agree that everything costs more than 7% more than it did prior. Fucking oath we can. Okay. <laughs> but even, let's just use that as an example. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Right. Now, I had a conversation with you during the week because you were asking me questions about the economy and you were feeling like... Why is it that mortgage holders have to bear the grunt and have to fix the inflation? That's mm -hmm. kind of the gist of what yeah. you're saying, right? Look at the next this next slide. So this is again this is on the uh, RBA as well. This is the Australian historical cash rate target. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is what the RBA sets the cash rate at. Yep. Now we've been used to what is. Like, what is the start of 2020 to, 20, uh, what is it, 2018 or 2019 to 2022, basically? It's, it's well, it was 0.1%. Yep. Is what so, it a fraction answer. of a percent. Yeah. When you come back to 2017, what's it at? It's about one and a half. Yep. Come back to 2010? Uh, 2010, you're looking at roughly 3%. Yeah, 2008. So, uh, let's look at after the GFC. So, which would be the bottom figure. That that bottom one there. Yep. Oh, that that was three percent. Sorry, so that was after GFC, but just before the GFC, yep. you're talking just over seven percent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Go back to nineteen ninety. Uh, there'll be like nineteen ninety two. Yep. So same, about seven and a half percent. Seven and a half percent. Okay. Yep. So if you're paying, um, and what is it currently? It's now. It's just over two and a half percent. Okay. What's your What's your uh, interest rate on your? What's your actual mortgage? Uh, At the rate? moment, it's about five point four nine. Okay, so it's it's add add sort of two or three percent to yeah. the cash rate is basically what what your rate is going to be. What do you think our rate's going to get to then? Seeing that inflation figure before, they're, they're going to hit ten percent, man. It has to, right? Yeah. If there's like you, would, what I would do is I'd be drawing a support line across that seven point five. Yeah. Because the inflation has never ever been high in that. In what's recorded on that, nothing has gone up as sharply, yeah. right, uh, uh, and risen by such a high amount. And like I said, there's people aren't slowing their and, spending habits. And this is what it's what I find. And we were sort of speaking about this the other day, and I didn't have this data in front of me to have a look at. But 
clearly the, the, the thing that's most front of mind to me uh, is comparing the current financial crisis to the last one, the GFC. Mm-hmm. And looking at this, the inflation around the GFC was not that much higher than sort of the peaks just prior to it. Yeah. So inflation back then only got to about just under five percent. Yep. So we're at seven and a half, and like it's still going, and still going, and yeah, it's got it's got to hit ten percent, doesn't it? Yeah. So it, so if it tops out at seven point five, because who knows, there could be like a stop marker at mm. like the there might be some metric where they say we never want to go above 7.5 and that's why you've hit it a couple of times yeah. and it's never gone past that. Yeah. Uh, although in the 80s, it probably did. Mm. I'd be interested to know that that data wasn't there, but because, um, you know, people, all the boomers are whinging about paying 18% interest. So yeah. by that rationale, I don't know if the banks are just gouging, but you know, whatever. I'm sure there was a lot of that. So here is my, here is my concern and I want people to learn from this. Yeah. Build your war chest now. Yeah, you yeah. have to. Mm. If there was if there was dumb stuff that you were gonna buy, don't buy it. Yeah. If there was a toy that you're gonna buy, don't buy it. Mm-hmm. If the holiday, I mean, look, I get it. We've been locked in a box for two, two, three years. I yeah. get it, right? But if there was a time, like, if you're gonna use all your savings yeah. to do this, I'd really reconsider. Yeah. Okay. Because this next. Two, three, four, five years is gonna be rough. Yep. Now, I'm saying it. I'm, I, it sounds scary because it should be the people that don't have uh, like a, an economics mindset. Yep. I'm rubbing my hands together. This bear market, I'm loving, like yep. because because there's opportunities for people that like I. I knew this is coming. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, I, I can read the signs, hence the yep. reason why. If you've got some cash available, low overheads, and yep. you've still got income coming in, yep. you, there's opportunity in this marketplace. But, but if, if you're, if you're like it. the average punter yep. who lives paycheck to paycheck, you've got real problems. Yeah. Real now, problems. The good thing is that because the way employment's working at the moment, you're probably going to stay working. I dare say people in the tech sector probably won't yeah that's, and we'll, we'll, we'll touch yeah, on those points yeah. here but i just know from like i know from the uh the macro level like the the big facebook like meta and twitter and all those really really big guys mm-hmm. but i also know small tech houses that when there was all this investment flying around they yeah. could have all these people on board yeah they're not going to be able to afford to have those people now and they had a dream run yeah. if you're in it if you're a programmer uh for the last five years you've had a fortune now that's the other thing i want to say you homeowners out there you people have mortgages you had it really good like if you look at that if you look at the uh cash rate graph and realize that for five years Mm -hmm. you've had either no interest or a very low interest rate yeah but this is this is the problem though and this is what this is the number one thing that terrifies me. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic or anything like that. But you can say that mortgage holders have had it good for five years or so in regards to interest rate. Unfortunately, because of the low rates, there's been massive growth in property values over the last five years as well. So people bought in at overinflated prices in yep. the last five years because of the low interest rates. 
Now you're still holding those massive mortgages and this rate's going to go up, 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 up. Yeah. That's a massive problem. Yeah. Unfortunately, if you bought a house recently, you're fucked. You're in trouble. Yeah. Absolutely. So you need... Now, okay. I bought a house at the top of the last um, bubble, yeah. right? So I bought a house. I was paying 9.89%. That's yeah. why I think it will go higher than 10. Yeah. I, and you make it work. You're always going to make it work. But I'm just saying, if you have the ability to... Uh, preempt this it's not going to hit you as hard yeah and here's here's the key difference for me between now and the gfc back when the gfc happened and the markets tanked a lot of people lost a lot of money and there was a lot of turmoil governments and the rba had a lever that they could pull to ease things off in the economy and that was lowering interest rates so they did that after the GFC, you, yeah. because the rates were high back then. Yeah, yeah. Like if we're looking back here, back in 2008, you know, cash rate was at just over 7%. Yeah. So they had that lever to pull. Yeah. We don't have that lever now. No, do you know what the next lever is? What? It's starvation. High no, it's high taxes. <laughs> That's next. And it has to happen. If we keep going this way, now we can stop this. Stop spending. Slow the money. Mm. Stop don't buy this big ticket stuff. You know, every new car dealership, like they've got no, they've literally sold everything. They're out, sold yeah. out for two, three years, right? Yeah. We are doing it to ourselves. Mm. Okay. So when interest rates max out, yep. okay. And like you said, it's only really going to hurt the mortgage holders, which in turn hurts renters. Yep. But uh, the next step will be to raise taxes. They'll have to raise taxes. And then that hurts business. Yep. That hurts stock market. Mm -hmm. And it's coming because it has to come. Because yep. look at, go back to that inflation figure. Mm. That inflation figure is wild. Yeah. And it is not, it is not turning. <clears throat> but this is one of the things that it gets me as well. And we spoke about this about the, the GFC too. The GFC was caused by banks doing the wrong thing for profit. And then everyone else suffered because mm -hmm. of it. I feel like this is similar because you've had, look, you've had COVID mm -hmm. and governments around the world have had to deal with COVID. And without getting into the, you know, conspiratorial elements of COVID, you can, you can assume that most people in government tried to do what they thought was right sure. to keep the countries going, keep people safe. No, uh, not keep countries going. Well, so, keep people safe. Uh, yes. And when I sorry, when I say keep countries going, I meant they hands out stimulus money and all that sort of stuff. Trying yeah. to make sure people are still fed, had a roof over the head, all those sorts of yeah. things. So you can playing devil's advocate. You can go, okay, they they tried their best. Sure. But so much of this inflationary pressure is caused by these governmental factors, all the decisions all that are made. So you've had, I mean. No one's talking about the fact that the lockdowns shut down the economy, so therefore there was no tax uh, generation. Mm -hmm. No one talks about that. Mm -hmm. That's major. Yep. Because that's money you'll never get back. And it was even worse than that because during those lockdowns, the cash handouts from the government. So it's, it was a, it was double. That. It's, it's twofold. Yeah. That's yeah, it's right. Twofold. Yeah. yeah, because you're not bringing any money in, and you're just sending heaps of money out. Yeah. Then you add on the fact that there was no foreign investment coming in. There was no tourism. Mm -hmm. There was no people coming over here to spend their money in Australia. Yep. 
There was no exports. Yep. Apart from commodities, which we're not really making that much of anyway. Well, no. If you have a look at that, that's got commodity pricing on there. Sorry, it we're was... not making as much as I feel Australians should be making out of our commodities. Yeah, agreed, agreed. We but do make some mining, pro- mining profits are off the Richter. If you, it, yeah. I think it's actually on that. On which that which also like to, to go to like the whole like climate change thing. Uh, the only reason why Australia is even still running as a country in the last 20 years is because of the resource sector. That's it. It's like, longer that's... than 20 years. Bendigo at one stage was the richest place on earth during the gold rush. I, I know, but I mean, in the last... Australia used to innovate and we used to have manufacturing and we used to create new technologies mm. and do all these great things. We haven't innovated anything for 20 years. The only thing our country's really been running on on the international stage in the last 20 years is resources. It's longer than 20 years is what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so batten down the hatches, start thinking about like, you know, is there your ability to, uh, you know, have you got a granny flat at your house that you could rent out for yeah. some extra income? Uh, have you got, you know, can you jump on Airtasker and do a couple of extra jobs? Yeah, the number one thing I would do, well, I would suggest people do upfront is look at your subscriptions. You have probably got subscriptions to five different streaming platforms. No. What do you mean, no? No. Cost reduction of, like, no. I think... It's why, easier to make. It's easier to make a dollar than save a dollar. No, you have to do both. But no. the thing is, you can do. You can look at cost reduction right now. You can go on and cancel something yeah. right now, which puts money back in your bank. Yeah, and then you can then sentiment. you can go and generate more income afterwards. If you folk, my my, you're literally telling people to stop spending money. This is a way that they can stop spending money right now. Yeah, that I I'm saying that I feel like people get caught up with the little stuff. Mm-hmm. And continue on with the big stuff. Oh, I quit my Netflix account and I, and I stopped. Eat, uh, I got one less coffee a week and I bought a new boat. Yeah, right? and look, that, and that, that's a big assumption depending on everyone's different. For but sure. I would say one of the easiest things that people can do right now, literally, you can do it as you watch this, is go, I'm going to go and check my bank statement and see what are all the um, outgoings, the direct debits, what's coming out of my account. Because one other thing too, I guarantee a lot of you probably don't even realize how much you're spending on things. Mm. So here's an example, insurance. We've spoken about insurance before. Um, a lot of people pay by the month for their insurance policy. And a lot of people don't realize that when an auto renews, the price goes up every yeah. single time. So you probably think you're or still paying goes 50 bucks a month through your insurance. You're probably paying 75 bucks a yeah. month now. If it's Or maybe even more if you haven't looked at it for a while. Yep. So go through your bank statement. Go, what are my um, direct debits? What are they? What can I get rid of? What can I renegotiate on? How can I save a little bit of money up front? Renegotiate your mortgage? Yep, that's a good idea as well. Call your bank, renegotiate a mortgage. But to give you an example, it's Saturday. I worked today. I did a full day's work because I had an opportunity to. So I'm like, makes sense. Take the cash while it's there, bank a little bit just to try to build up that. um, And look, like we're fine. Personally, like my family, we're okay because we've been planning to have a period of financial downturn because we knew we were having kids yep. and not, like we we anyone who's been following this channel for a you're while you're born on a dog <laughs> yeah exactly and look i mean hey i don't spend much money on shit as you can see by my hair that i cut cut your own hair that's another good tip too um but we've been planning for this for a while so like we're all good but even then i will still take the opportunities when i can to save a bit of money to make a little bit of extra money uh, and just try to build that stack. But, but you're right, like, 
the concerning thing is that people, everyone's talking about it, everyone's whinging about it, but not actually changing their behaviours. And I wonder, <clears throat> I can't help but wonder what the impact was of those two years in COVID where they just handed out money and told everyone to spend it. Yeah, look, I, I think that was the thing. But at the same time, I remember selling cars before the GFC happened mm-hmm. and it was footloose and fancy free then too. And it was before the GFC happened. Before the GFC, but that was back when the economy was going gangbusters, right? No, but it wasn't because you, you look at uh, oh, look, it was starting. It, I mean, it was starting to well, inflate. It if was, we go back pre-GFC, so inflation was relatively steady at about three percent, mm-hmm. which is they're targeting two to three yep. percent, aren't they, at the moment? And interest rates were uh, what have we got here? Oh, high. They were starting to They were about up. five. So they, they, they sensed inflate, like they, the economy was inflating, but slowly from 02 to 08. Yeah. Okay. And, but it was, it was ridiculous. What I would say also, the other difference too, is that the debt brought on during GFC is a worse quality debt than this current debt. The people that are, are getting, are, are ticking up to their eyeballs are buying property primarily. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's still not a lot of negative equity in cars. Sorry, because there is no negative equity in cars because the value of cars went up. Yeah. So they're protected a lot. Mm. Uh, the, so I don't, the debt is not as bad as the debt was in GFC. Yeah. Uh, You're still going to have some, I'm saying there's still going to be some bad debt, yeah, but yeah. nowhere near Especially the Especially anyone levels. who bought a house in the last 12 months. Yeah, but see, I, was, I was financing people back then $70,000 cars and they were borrowing $110,000. Yeah. Right. Back in the good old days. Okay. It was crazy. It yeah. was crazy. And there was no questions asked and they, they just, they got it and we knew something was going to pop and it popped, yeah. popped hard. But okay. So uh, take Jason's advice, do the, do the skinny thing. I would go and try and find another source of income. Mm-hmm. I'd just try to be savvy. Have you negotiated a deal with your boss? Yep. Um, have you have you got a side hustle? Have something else in the mix because mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to need it. And yeah. think outside the square. Don't just go, oh, I've got no money. No, think about it. Sit down, yeah. have a coffee, find a nice quiet place and strategize. Yeah. Like Nescafe what is your Nescafe blend 43 coffee. Oh. You see, I'm not cutting back that much. <laughs> <laughs> but really, genuinely, it's going to get rough. Mm. It's going to get really rough. If you want... If you want to make this upcoming cycle your bitch, take take my advice. Like, yeah. like really have a plan. Have yeah, a plan, right. okay? And if you have, if you are sitting on a lump of money, right, you're in a really good position. I wouldn't be buying now. As bad, like the the stock market and the crypt, crypto market, which we'll get to next, mm-hmm. has had a massive dive. Yeah. There's still more to come. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, sure. can we post up this face? Yeah. Here is the face of the biggest scumbag in uh, crypto history. Crypto and potentially finance history. This guy's name is Sam Bankman Freed. Okay? Yeah. Douchey name mm-hmm. for a douchey guy. This guy is the CEO and founder of FTX, mm-hmm. right? Crypto exchange. The second largest crypto exchange in the world. Mm-hmm. This week... It went from a valuation of $22 billion to nothing. It's basically an administration now. Yeah. And the reason why is because this clown shoe decided that it was okay to move 
billions of customer money across off the platform onto his other company for a, a, a quarterly finance uh, meeting to see what targets they've reached yeah. and the company is going to fall well short. So they just move the assets across and they also created their own token out of thin air, mm -hmm. which they use as the basis to borrow real money on. Wow. This guy, now, he's a bad, he was, he's been a bad player. A lot of people liked FTX because it was a very slick operation. Yeah. They sponsored the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 Tom Brady, it. Tom Brady and his wife have invested $650 million. Ex-wife. Ex-wife. Yeah. Tom's fucked, right? He, they dipped $650 million into this company is now worthless. Well, thank God Tom's come back to play another year after yeah, retiring yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. <laughs> so it'll take him six months to recoup that money. Yeah. Then he's got to give it to his wife, ex-wife. Uh, all these celebrities were attached to it. Now, what a lot of crypto people backed him to start with. I, I got to get his face off the screen. Yeah. Because because he, he he had some ties to governments, so we thought he was going to be the guy that's going to push through some great legislation yeah. to help crypto become mainstream. Mm -hmm. After he met in this hearing, he called decentralized finance a Ponzi scheme, which it could not be like what he did is the definition of a Ponzi scheme. Yeah, so he, he became the Pons, and decentralized finance is the opposite. He's a centralized finance. Yeah, so in other words, he had a meeting with someone in government who's gone, uh, decentralized doesn't work for us, centralized does, you can be the figurehead, we'll pay you good money yeah. to tell all of your followers that centralized is the way to go. Well, this this only broke like uh, a couple, or maybe five or six hours ago, mm -hmm. but apparently uh, $100 billion has just moved off the, it's been hacked, in quotations, hacked. And everyone's saying, delete the app, delete the app. And I did. I deleted it. Yeah. I've, I've lost some money in this, but it's so small, I don't care. Yeah. 300 bucks, something, whatever. Um, I couldn't access it anyway because I lost my friggin' two-factor authentication. <laughs> um, he, now, now I'm thinking after I deleted the app, I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's the ruse. Right, so people don't try to withdraw. Yeah, or, try and yeah. do a bank run yeah. on the guy. Now, the problem with, the biggest problem, like, why this guy's such a douchebag is that because it is crypto, everything's on the blockchain. That's right. They you could see 20 stuff. billion move off their books. You could watch it on chain. Yeah. And people are going, well, and sorry, when that happened, the boss of Binance, CZ, yeah. who I'm a big fan of, mm -hmm. he's gone, nah, something's going on here. Yeah. He sold all his FTT tokens, which is the native FTX token. It's called FTT. He just sold them all, dumped them onto the market, which dropped the value yeah. like horrifically mm -hmm. to the point where FTX had no liquidity to pay the people that had their money there. Yeah. So Binance was going to buy FTX. Yeah. And then they looked under the hood and went, oh, nope. nope. Not touching it. Mm. So that's the second, Binance is the biggest, FTX was the second biggest crypto exchange in the world. Now, I feel bad for anyone that's been burnt. Yeah. I will tell you this, the saying, like I, I've been through so many crypto winters, so many scams, mate, not your keys, not your coins. Mm -hmm. if, if you have money sitting on an exchange, you don't own it. 
Yeah. Okay. And this kind of stuff that happened. If you engage in a centralized finance, yeah. they want to run away with it, they can run away with it. That's right. If it's sitting on your cold storage wa- wallet, they can't touch it. Mm-hmm. It's protected by your seed phrase. Okay. You take personal responsibility for yeah. it. Yeah. Because these guys are going to get, these guys got wrecked. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I've seen these collapse and no one's ever got money back. And if you do, it's pennies, yeah. pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Now, there is, for me and us, us old school, uh, been around the, been around the merry-go-round a few times, crypto guys, this is a good thing mm-hmm. because this proves how, this proves the case for decentralized finance. Mm. Uniswap, who you and I both own Uniswap tokens, yeah. is a decentralized exchange, mm-hmm. which has been in operation since like 2015. Yeah, no problems. No problems. Yeah. No one can walk away with everyone's money because yeah. everyone owns it. That's right. Right? So that is the perfect case. And and the fact that this guy was anti-DeFi, mm. well, yeah, because, oh, look, I hate DeFi because I can't steal everybody's money. Mm. So this is, this is great for us. Do you know what I find really interesting? Uh, over the last six months, there has been so many examples of why centralized systems don't work. So this is an example of why cent- Oops, Sorry. Hello. Uh, this is an example of why centralized systems don't work. All of the hacks that yeah. have happened in the last three months. Optus, Medibank. Yep. Like, Vinmoflo. More, 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 more. Those are examples of why they don't work because they shouldn't have your data for, for it to be hacked. Yep. Um, the, uh, when there was the, like the trucker protests and stuff like that, and you had these, you know, give, send, go. Yeah. Who were refusing to like, basically stealing the money that had been yeah. donated and giving it to the government. Yeah. Like there has been no better illustration of why centralized is it's not the way to go as far as like you know being a democratic country and you know it's for the people we cannot give centralized power any more power because they've shown blatantly time and time again that they're either willfully corrupt and they'll just take your money yeah or they're incapable of providing the safety to your data that they tell you that they can if someone can take advantage at some stage, yeah. they will. Someone will, for sure. Yeah. Now, who did the FTX sponsor? Well, it wasn't so much that the FTX sponsored, but the FTX was... Um, An affiliate? I guess so. It was more so that... So, we're talking about the World Economic Forum. One of the really interesting wrinkles to this entire story, and this is where it gets a little bit conspiratorial, I should have probably pulled it up. Actually, I might see if I can just pull it up now while I talk. Uh, But basically, the World Economic Forum, uh, which I think is worldeconomicforum.org. Let's see if I can bring it up. So sucked in is what I'm saying. Like like sucked into them, sucked into the WEF, sucked into Sam sucked in and if you see that guy on the street like sack whack him so i'll let, I'll, I'll bring up the screen capture while i try to bring this up now we've spoken about the wf many many times before and how they're essentially uh unelected just globalists that just want to take control of everything 
Might be yeah, blockchain. I think I just searched for this the other day. Here we go. So on their website, so remember when everyone said like the Great Reset and stuff was yeah. like fake? Yeah, it's on their website. So they have an FTX section of, on their website where it says, FTX is a cryptocurrency exchange built by traders for traders. FTX offers innovative products, including- Oh, we said trader, not traitors. Yeah. Including industry first derivatives, options, volatility products, and yeah, pretty volatile product, <laughs> and leverage tokens. It strives to develop a platform robust enough for professional trading firms and intuitive enough for first time users. Headquarters in the Bahamas. That's a red flag there too, by the way. That's the a Bahamas. massive red yeah. flag. Now, if you go down like related platforms, they've got these articles, shaping the future of financial and monetary systems or uh, shaping the future of technology governance, blockchain and digital assets. So when I realized that there was a World Economic Forum uh, touch to this like story, my, my radar started going off because as the famous Klaus Schwab quote goes, their whole agenda by 2030 was the whole, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Mm. And you said it before, with this FTX collapse, there's what, $22 billion worth of investors. Oh, it's way more than that. Oh, how much, how much do you think? Oh, it'd be hundreds of billions of dollars. Okay. So hundreds of billions of dollars yeah. of probably a high percentage is just general retail investors. Yep. Yep. The most, most of it will be. Yep. Their money gone. So this to me plays straight into the World Economic Forum playbook. You take maybe you take the the uh, money that people had put aside to then try to create wealth using crypto, and you just steal it from them. And now they don't have that anymore. Do you, you know what? I actually hadn't made that link because I was I was so crypto focused on it, yeah. but. Yeah, have they? I know this is like, this is tinfoil hat conspiracy theory esque. Yeah. But it fits their playbook. It is literally like how the, the World Economic Forum, it appears that their goals are. Might not be hundreds of billions, but it's at least $2 billion worth of client money, which is unaccounted for. But I, I, I've, I've seen it. It, I think so it'll end up being. It could so end that's up being just two billion though. That's unaccounted for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it may not necessarily be that. Like there could have been twenty two billion dollars that it was worth before, yeah. and then now that's gone down to zero. And there might just be extra money that yeah. is hidden. And plus the it's probably the that stock price here. Plus the like the investors that are yeah. in it. There's. But the World Economic Forum, they're literally the ones who are pushing all the big global agendas. They're pushing the climate change stuff. They're pushing, you know, uh, they want central bank digital currencies. Yeah. Like they want a social credit system. It's all about taking control of the general populace and they don't want any private ownership. They don't want people to own homes. They don't want, they don't even want people to own cars. Mm. So this to me falls straight into their playbook. Get as many people invested into this thing as you possibly can. And then pull the rug. And then just do a massive rug pull yeah. and you wipe out that wealth from the regular day-to-day -day person. Could be, man. And then Could guess be. what happens? Then we start ratcheting up all the global stuff all around the world. Inflation going through the roof. Interest rates going through the roof. Food scarcity because of all the... Uh, the green agenda that these guys are pushing mm. through where you've still got all these farmer protests going on around the world. 
just recently in New Zealand, there's the new uh, methane tax that they're putting on farmers. Have you heard about yeah, that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Which Australia is planning on doing too. Yeah. Like, there's the, the currently there's a COP27, the climate summit that's on at the moment. And I think I read the stat yesterday that there was 636 private jets that flew into Egypt yeah. for the climate change summit yeah, to tell everyone to use less, to make do less emissions. There was another stat I saw yesterday, which is 71% of the globe's carbon emissions come from the top 100 companies, which are polluters. So it's 100 companies that account for 71% of carbon emissions i globally. heard i also read a stat that the the like <clears throat> 60th richest people indiv as individuals mm -hmm. emit more than the bottom 20 percent of humanity yeah yeah and yet they're flying around in, in private jets going these cop joints and and here's the thing all the, like we we tell it to you week in week out the devil's in the detail and language is very important. All of these policies are based around net zero emissions by 2050. Net zero is not zero. It is net zero. Do you know how net zero works? Well, yeah. So if you, you could admit 10, whatever, yep. but as long as you paid for 10 credits, yep. you're net zero. Yeah. And do you know where you get those credits from? Well, probably from them, the WEF. Well, <clears throat> these to to get these carbon credits, you essentially need to have enough land which has got like forestation on it, yeah. which the theory is that that land will be able to absorb the the same amount of carbon as what yeah. you're emitting. So you've got these massive corporations who are buying up cheap land in like faraway countries, Africa or like poor countries. So they're just buying this land up of people for cents on the dollar yeah. compared to what it's actually worth. So they don't actually have to change their emissions at all. They just get to say they're net zero. And I actually saw an article years ago that said that these carbon credit places, because yep. it's, it's not audited. No. So there's actually a lot of these people selling carbon credits. The properties don't even exist. That's right. Yeah. But... It's just a dud. It's 100% a dud. But the other thing too is that I feel like part of this globalist scheme, which it, it's clearly a globalist scheme. Can you pull up the, the, have they got like some of the rancid stuff written on their website? Can you see? Oh, look, I, I'm sure it's- I'm sure it's on the homepage. Uh, let's have a look in here. I should have actually gone through the whole website and actually had a look at some of this stuff, but they also don't write it as explicitly as what, um, uh, cause it, it's just like everything. Like they basically use really nice language uh, here's why the increasing demand for energy is a blind spot in the fight against climate change. Let's have a look at this. So this is from COP27. So this is a new article. Here's why the increasing demand for energy is a blind spot in the fight against climate change. Uh, some brief points at the top. The wildfires, crop shortages and heat waves of 2022 alone highlight that climate change is an immediate, not a future crisis. While ambitious efforts are underway to reduce emissions in the long term, we also need short-term plans that make an impact now. Reducing global energy demand and decelerating consumption can close the gap between promises and actions in tackling the climate crisis. So this is an example. They have, they have created the problem. And by creating the problem, they have said, uh, the climate crisis is happening right now. Look, we've got crop shortages. Everyone knows about crop shortages, right? That's because of climate change. No, 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 it's not. 
it's because of global green uh, policies that are being put in place, which are sending farmers out of business. Yeah. Which I also think is related to this net zero thing. Because what happens when a farmer goes out of business? Because all of a sudden it is too costly for them to farm anymore. Who buys the land? Yeah, probably one of these clowns. Probably one of these clowns who then just has that sit there as their carbon mm. credit. But do you know the thing that gets me the most? Mm -hmm. Reducing global energy demand and decelerating cons uh, consumption. Yep. Why Why do they want to send us to the Stone Age? Because like, why do they want us to go backwards? Why? Where's the technology? Build the technology. Because none of this is to do with mm. actually solving problems. It's all about control. Mm. So literally, they're, going, they're saying... Even though you're paying through the nose for energy and for food and for all of these things, also to to solve climate change right now, we all need to use less power. Yeah. So what's going to happen? They're going to tell the people, not the corporations, but the people, oh, we're going to have to do rolling blackouts. And we called it last year. Yeah. We climate said lockdowns. climate lockdowns. Absolutely. So here we go. Let's just read a bit, a random part. Global demand for energy needs to be reduced. One issue that has not been adequately addressed is the global demand for energy. We are seeing a massive and necessary build-out to tackle the supply side of the green equation through upscaling of renewable energy. But even these investments in green energy will not be enough to end fossil fuel stranglehold on the world. So they already know the green technologies yeah. that they are saying are the answer will not meet our current energy needs. Yeah, they know already know. Yeah. To grow the role of electricity in the energy mix, it is a fundamental yet often overlooked fact that we need to reduce demand for energy in the first place. As the graph illustrates, if we don't pay attention to the acceleration in energy consumption, the build-out of renewables won't be even near sufficient. And then they just put this graph down. And uh, so, the world, so the graph is from worldwide energy consumption since 1800 from our world in data. So as you can see, massive uh, energy consumption needs. And look at this section down the bottom here. This is our renewable energies. Now, not forgetting what we've spoken about previously, where does the majority of our renewable energy come from? Burning crop, industrial Burning crop, crops. Agricultural crop. Yep. Uh, do you know the, um, the renewable energy they're using to warm homes in Germany right now? Uh, coal? No. What? People are cutting down fucking trees, man, to burn wood to heat their homes. Yeah. Uh, and like I, said, I think I said it last time, uh, we might have missed it, but I remember, I'll tell the story again, I yeah. think it was when our sound was all manked up. I was on a train in Germany in 2011, mm -hmm. and I noticed all the uh, solar panels they had. Can, yeah. you, can you just Google, while, while I'm talking about the story, can you sure. tell me what the uh, what Germany's solar capacity is? Yep. So they had, every house had solar. Mm -hmm. Every blank block of land had solar panels on it. And this is back 2011. And the, the, there was a German guy on it. And he goes, oh, you guys are Australian. He's, and we said, yeah. And he goes, I was based in Melbourne. I worked for one of these solar companies. And we, was, we were just about to sign a contract to uh, roll out this solar plan in Australia. But you guys decided that you're just going to go sell coal instead. Mm -hmm. and, and you stopped. So at the time, Germany was the highest solar... Um, like generator in the world. Yep. Uh, you, you, you keep talking. I'll... And now they don't have enough power to get through the winter. Yeah. So I've just found... So this, it doesn't work. I've just found this article here, which is from 
15th of June, 2022. Germany's solar panels generate more power than ever before. Uh, Germany's many thousands of solar panels set a new production record on Wednesday, just as a heat wave is blanketing much of the continent. Output reached as much as 36,848 megawatts at 12.45 p.m., according to data from European Energy Exchange. I wonder if this article has how much Germany's total energy usage I bet it is. Doesn't. Blah, blah, blah. Germany is already the European leader in renewable energy. In the wake of the war in Ukraine, the nation brought forward by more than a decade to 2035 its goal of getting to 100% renewable power. The government's goal is to expand solar power capacity from the current 59 gigawatts to 200 gigawatts by 2030. Was that a day? Um, the generation? Energy use per day. Let's see if we can bring this up. I'm trying to... Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hold on. Let me let me uh, let me bring this up here. So let me let's just make sure that we're we're getting this right. So this is uh, thirty six thousand eight hundred forty eight megawatts at twelve forty five p.m. Energy consumption in Germany. The most important figure in the energy balance of Germany is the total consumption of 536.5 billion kilowatt hours of electric energy per year. Per capita, this is an average of 6,454 kilowatt hours. Germany could provide itself uh, completely with self-produced energy. The total production of all electric energy producing facilities is 613 billion kilowatt hours, which is 114% of the country's own usage. Despite this, Germany is trading energy with foreign countries, blah, 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 blah. Why? Because they make money out of it, man. But... And that, that's the other part no, of this. Who's that website? What's that website? The one that was... This one here? Worlddata.info. Scroll down. Is that all it's got? Yeah. Oh, no, here we go. Because it still imports. Yeah, because... Again, it's, I, it's the same as our as our um, commodities that we have over here. We export it because then one private company gets to make the money out of it and pay a little bit of tax back to the yeah, government. Yeah, yeah. And then we get the taxpayer to pay to import it all back in. I, but this is where I don't cop um, why I think it's short-sighted. I mean, is it not worth at least the kudos to say that you are... Because you, that would make you net zero. But so so they 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 that's not minus net zero. Well, that's not solar. That's their oh. overall energy production. Okay, can, can can you go back to solar then? Can you? There was a, was there a solar section? So, uh, electricity production import. Scroll to the top. What did it say in that thing again? See, the problem is it's two different metrics. So this is in kilowatt hours, and this is megawatts. So I don't know what the conversion mm -hmm. is between the two. I'm just a car dealer in your landscape. Yeah, exactly right. But, but yeah, that is their overall energy production. So they're, they're saying that Germany creates enough electricity to be at 114% of their nation's usage. Yeah, which we would be. We would be way over that because we pull coal out of the ground and sell it overseas. Of, of course. Yeah. And the thing is, too, you, got, you also have to remember that that article they were reading about the solar, that was in summer. Yeah. Now it's winter over there. Yeah, and they, they're stuffed. They're stuffed. They're stuffed. Like, and, and then if you actually read the news, you'll see that, you know, Germany has started building coal-fired power plants again. They're talking about more nuclear power plants again. Like... Nuclear's the answer. It is the answer. And this is... 
This is why I'm telling the listeners, this has nothing to do with doing the right thing for the environment. It's everything to do with control and profiteering. That's what this all comes yeah. down to. If you go Follow back, the money. Absolutely. So if you go back to when they had the solar rebates first came out, mm. was it 10 years ago or something? And all of a sudden, it was like, so the government was going to pay you solar money as a solar rebate to get solar power panels fitted to your roof. And then you go and everyone paid money and got, you know, got money from the government, which is taxpayer money. It's taxpayer funded and put solar panels on the roof. And the way they sold it back in the day, they were like, oh, it's the big evil energy companies using fossil fuels. They're profiteering out of the creation of electricity. So just, you know, go and buy solar panels from these green solar panel companies. All the solar panel companies were owned by the big energy companies. They just started them up overnight. When they knew that these solar rebates were coming, they profiteered out of the solar rebate money through those solar panel businesses. And now what's happening is they've um, reduced the feed-in tariffs so that not only did they make the money out of selling the panels at the time, but now they make more money off the power that you generate from your solar than you do by five times. Yeah. And they get to sell that to your neighbor when you're, when you're not using it. So they don't even have to generate the power anymore and they still get the profit here of it. If you can decentralize that. So if you have got a, if you have got a house and you have got the ability to have solar, I'm not anti-solar. No, I'm not either. I have it and I think it's great. And it's especially helpful when, you know, I just, I try, because I'm at home every day now because stay-at-home parent. It's great to me because I do all like the washing and all that sort of stuff during the day when the solar is generating the most power. But if you're building, if you're building a place, mm -hmm. if there was a way to keep your energy off the grid. Yeah. So like, I wonder if you'd set it up like a, like you do a water tank now, you know, a water mm -hmm. tank doesn't feed into the mains, but you use it for a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Well, if you could keep all your solar or maybe had a battery, but ideally you wouldn't, you'd mm -hmm. just use it. And, uh, really maximize like like let's say you like the man cave yeah was connect connected you, purely could, to you could have solar and then also a, a generator as well like a backup generator i'm not saying go complete off grid i'm saying like have your house that's on the mains yeah but yeah. build like a shed that has the solar on it or feed the solar that's on your house to something so you can use all of it yeah because yeah, then yeah. you're going to maximize the benefit for sure and that's that's what i do i do all my like, no yours will get yours will get sold so your so a lot of your energy is being sold whether you use it or not is what i'm saying because that current system will will like if, if for a moment that you don't use it someone else is going to take it yeah that's why i try to use as much as i can yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but but that's that's the thing so getting back to the point of all this stuff when it comes to things like uh when you turn on your tv and you hear climate change existential threat just sit there for a second and go, we've been told that it's an existential threat for years. This is COP27. Yeah. How many of these things do you need to have before you can fix the problem? Look outside. It's fine. Yeah. The birds are chirping. Mm -hmm. They're in my house. Well, it's probably coming in. It's too hot outside. Um, life's good. There, there is no threat. Yeah. But this is exactly the same game plan as COVID. We create an invisible threat that only the government can solve. Yeah. 
And that's, give us that's, money. That's the play. Give us money. And, and give that's us control. all they talk about at COP27 too. If you look up any of the interviews from any of the people from COP27, all they're talking about is, oh, it's going to take trillions of dollars of investment. We need investment. We need investment. We need investment. And the, like I heard a, a, um, a reporter go, where's this investment coming from? Oh, well, we've got to get the private sector involved, blah, blah, blah. And then the reporter's like, but the private sector's not even here this time. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even come. So where is the investment going to come from, Alex? Yeah. It's going to come from taxpayers. You know, Elon because... doesn't even get an invite to it. No. And he's doing all the things that they want to do, but they hate him. Yeah, well, remember, his ESG score, he wasn't even rated. Yeah. And he he's done the most to push yeah. electronic cars yeah. than anyone has. Yeah. But it's not about doing the right thing for the yeah. environment. It's about control and profiteering. And it's, it's just the same play over and over and over again. Speaking of plays, because we, we're going to have to get a bit of a reel on, but the US midterms were this week. Now... The main reason why I was keeping my eyes on the midterms are for two reasons. Number one, I the Democrats current, well, currently, but prior to the midterms, owned all three houses of government. So they owned the White House, the Senate, and Congress. Which means all the decisions made uh, since Joe Biden was elected are all, all on the Democrats. What I was hoping for, number one, the Democrats seem to love war. Yeah. Right? Love it. They absolutely love it which is why they basically started this this conflict by courting Ukraine to get them into NATO. And then when Russia was uh, making noises like they were going to retaliate, they basically flicked matches at them until something happened. The UN. No, America did. No, no, it wasn't the UN, not NATO. No, it was NATO. Was it NATO? Yeah. The Americans were trying to get Ukraine to join NATO. Right. Sorry, Sorry. yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah. So they love war. Uh, the Republicans have always been seen as a bit more fiscally responsible and a lot of Republicans have been standing up in Congress going, why are we sending all this money yep. into a war that we're apparently not involved in? So they were hoping to cut the funding off. Now, I, I think there's still a lot of seats up for grabs and a lot of sorts of things. I'm not 100% sure it's washed out, but it looks like the Republicans have at least taken back control in one of the houses. Yep. Don't know which one it is. And all of a sudden, just afterwards, two things happened. Number one, on a minor side note, Joe Biden came out and they extended their state of emergency for COVID until early next year. Yeah. So wait until after the midterms before they put the controls back on. Um, just anyone from Victoria, that that's a warning for you. Yeah. Because you've got an election coming up and there's no state of emergency, but the Premier has good control of whenever he wants to declare a pandemic. You think he won't do it when all the media is reporting about the fourth wave of COVID yep. we're going into? Yeah, let that be a warning to you. Uh, the second thing that happened was all of a sudden, Volodymyr Zelensky has said that he's open to peace talks as long as it's not with Putin. Did you hear about that? No, I did not hear about that. So they've come out, they've gone, we are open to having peace talks as long as it's not with Putin. Which, who, is it be, who would it be with then? Well, isn't that the million dollar question? Because we said right at the beginning of this, uh, this fits the regime change playbook that America has always tried to do. They want to get Putin out and install someone themselves that they can control, just like they did with Zelensky. Yeah. And it's also not a coincidence that Zelensky's happy to negotiate now after he knows that the gravy train may be stopped because the Republicans will stop funding the war. Yeah, true. It happened on a dime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
literally on a dime. It's like two days after the midterms looked like they were resolved, and Zelensky's like, oh, yeah, we can come to the party. It's like Clerks 2 with the donkey show. When the cops <laughs> showed up, oh, shit, got to finish. <laughs> yeah. he's, gone. he's gone, oh, shit, got to finish. Yeah, exactly. So, and this is something that, again, was the, was the, un uh, cameras just, all right. All right, we're back, learning from experiences. Now, let's just go and have a quick look at this. So I've just brought this quick story up. So Zelensky, this is from uh, The Hill, uh, an article by Chloe Fulmer on the 8th of November. So this is four days ago. Zelensky only open to genuine peace negotiations with Russia. I remember what I was saying, like, how come no one's ever talked about peace? Well, they did at the beginning, and then that got torpedoed by Boris Johnson yeah. from the UK when he visited on peace talks. Yeah. So just to read you a bit of this, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said on Monday that his country is open to genuine peace negotiations with Russia, but that such negotiations in the past have led to insane Russian responses. In his address, Zelensky spoke about the need to immediately stop Russian aggression, restore our territorial integrity, and force Russia into genuine peace negotiations. Uh, he blamed Moscow for a failure to reach a diplomatic solution to the war, saying that Ukraine had repeatedly proposed talks and we always received insane, <laughs> uh, insane Russian responses with new terrorist attacks shelling or blackmail. Zelensky elaborated that genuine negotiations would include affirmations of Ukraine's territorial integrity and assurances that Russia would not invade its smaller neighbour in the future. In quotes, restoration of territorial integrity, respect for the UN Charter, compensation for all damages caused by the war, punishment of every war criminal, and guarantees that this will not happen again, the president said. These are completely understandable conditions. Do you think Volodymyr Zelensky classes Vladimir Putin as a war criminal? No. Or, yeah, he does. He but absolutely I'm, does. Yeah. So, and part think... of his terms are punishment of every war criminal. It's not really a genuine offer, yeah, is it? No. Zelensky said more than 50 Ukrainian settlements were hit by Russian missiles or rockets on Monday, including in the Donbass. I'm not even going to attempt that one. No, have a go, have a go, have a go. Uh, have a go. The Donbass, Zaporizhzhia. That was pretty good. Kherson, Mykolaiv, Kharkiv, and Dnipropetrovsk. Man, that's good. Region. That is oh, really good. <laughs> uh, any, any Russian speaking or Ukrainians out there, let me know how I went. Yeah, yeah, put it in the comments. Uh, the main thing for us is to inform the world about the ongoing Russian aggression, about the destabilizing influence that Russia exerts, Zelensky said. Now, this next part I find particularly interesting. Those in other countries who are concerned about the climate agenda should be especially opposed to Russia's actions in Ukraine, according to the president. In quotes, when the world is focused on combating war, energy, and food crises, the destruction of customary international relations, the climate agenda is clearly suffering, he said. And the destruction of the climate cannot somehow be put on hold. Zelensky said climate activists should be serious about the need to put an end to Russian assaults on Ukraine. What else could you get the Zelensky guy to sell? Like, I, I, hate, uh, I hate war, but I like uh, Milo. <laughs> <laughs> like, if he just paid enough money, you would get him to shill anything for you. Well, it, it, it just... This like, cryptocurrency yeah. is very good. FDX. <laughs> this guy's supposed to be in a war zone, and he's talking about the fucking climate crisis. Yeah. You guys are, like, throwing missiles at each other, yeah. and you're worried about the climate crisis. Yeah. So what, what does this tell you about the globalist agenda? It's all bullshit. It is all bullshit. 
I mean, conspiracy theorists have been saying that he's just been in a fucking film studio in LA the entire time anyway, where he dresses up to do his little addresses to the people. I mean, like, even go back to, was it the, um, the Golden Globes that he yeah. appeared by satellite uplink? Yes, war is bad, but this movie is very good. <laughs> I love Amy Schumer. <laughs> like, it's... It's all bullshit. It is all it is all pageantry. It is pantomime. But yeah. the problem is, it's not like the good old days when the leaders used to ride at the front into battle, and and lead their teams on the front foot. They're literally sending people to die so they can profiteer out of the military industrial complex. That's what this is all is about. Um, actually, there George is George Bush Jr. My favorite, my favorite ever political line. And we cannot oh, let oh, yeah. these weapons of mass destruction and these terrorists uh, 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 in Iraq. Now watch now this watch drive. drive. <laughs> uh, actually, this was also something that um, is potentially can I, linked. Can I just say, uh, maybe it's because i got a bit of a whiskey buzz, but mm. you're an aggressive typer and clicker. And Tasha does the same thing. Mm. You guys smash the fuck out of the keys. Yeah. Whereas the, I, like they have a not that very nice tactile feel. It's a very shallow button, especially on a laptop. Yeah, and you could just push them like normal buttons. Yeah, no, but I paid for them, and I'll treat them how I want to. <laughs> They're like hookers. The Bobby Lee. Why doesn't he push the buttons? Yeah. Now maybe, just maybe, this might have something to do with the incoming peace negotiations as well. Uh, Oilprice.com. Uh, on, again, the 8th of November, funnily enough, the same day, UK to sign major liquid natural gas supply deal with the US. Within days, the UK is expected to announce a major LNG supply agreement with the United States as Britain aims to boost its gas supply to avoid blackouts this winter, the Telegraph reports citing UK government sources. UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, good old Johnny on the spot Rishi Sunak, is set to announce the agreement He's with the US. He's a good looking dude. Yeah. Except these fucking ears, man. But it's also it's also why you know that he's a dud and is part of the globalist agenda because he's just a good-looking figurehead who can sell all this shit. Billionaire family yeah. whose wife is not domiciled in the UK. So she doesn't pay tax. Yeah, she pays no tax in her home country. Yeah. yeah. Ask yourself why a guy who's worth $700 million is in politics. Yeah. Uh, UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak is set to announce the agreement with the US after the COP27 climate summit in Egypt, which ends on November 18. The UK and US are currently in the final stages of discussions about an energy security partnership, says The Telegraph, which has spoken with current and former UK government officials with knowledge of the talks over a bilateral energy deal. Um, do you guys remember, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago when the Nord Stream pipeline got taken out? By the Russians, right? With, that's what everyone said. I punched myself. <laughs> so, Russia, prior to this new energy deal, Russia supplied the majority of liquid natural gas to Europe. Well, technically, the UK is not Europe anymore. No, but you don't think that this will then just move on to the other European nations as well? If you go back, there's, again, I'm not going to try to find it now, but if you go back to like 2013, 2014, there are YouTube videos of Condoleezza Rice, who was a, I, I don't remember what position she was in the American government, uh, defense she, secretary or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally talking about how they do, they want Europe 
to buy their liquid natural gas from the US and they don't want Europe to be buying it from Russia. They said this back when when the last when Ukraine was last in the news, it was 2014, America was literally talking about how they wanted to sell their liquid natural gas to Europe and they don't want it to come from Russia. Yeah, and now all of a sudden, we've had a war break out. The pipeline that was created between Russia and Germany for Russia to supply Europe with liquid natural gas gets sabotaged, apparently, by the Russians. Even though they've got the switch, they could just turn it off And themselves. even though they've been making money hand over fist from energy sales yeah. ever since this war kicked off. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we have America and the UK signing a deal for America to supply the UK with liquid natural gas and in the same fucking week Volodymyr Zelensky's ready to negotiate yeah there is there, I heard a theory that some people think that this whole thing is the US attacking two Axis enemies at once the Axis of evil being the Axis of evil <laughs> being Russia and Germany mm. so get start a proxy war between Ukraine and Russia, mm-hmm. put a Western Western sanctions on Russian energy, mm-hmm. which cripples Germany, hurts Germany the most. Yep. So now Germany is on its knees. And who can come to the rescue? America. America. Fuck yep. yeah. So, again, when Volodymyr Zelensky is saying that while he's getting shelled by mortars, that you should worry about the climate agenda... <laughs> it's all bullshit guys it's all bullshit it is all bullshit it is all pageantry and it, all it is designed to do is to have high ranking elites profit out of your misery and that's, on that note let's leave it there thanks for joining us guys we'll see you next week